Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're talking with Dan Urich and Jeff Baycheck of True North Base Camp in Crosby, Minnesota. Dan and Jeff are friends and more recently business partners after they saw an opportunity to create a better camping experience for visitors to the Cuyuna Recreation Area. This is an increasingly popular destination for mountain bikers and outdoor enthusiasts where the area's abandoned mine pits have been transformed into a recreational playground. Dan and Jeff are sharing about the experience they provide at True North Base Camp and how that includes both the town and local businesses, plus the transformation they have seen in the area, working with the city on new zoning, and the importance of an area not being tied to one industry. So here we go with Dan and Jeff. All right, we're here with Dan Urich and Jeff Bacek of True North Base Camp in Crosby, Minnesota. Guys, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, Dana, thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Uh, excited to talk about the town and what we have going on up there. Yes, I'm so excited to get to share it too. So tell me a little bit about you guys and your journey and have you always lived in Minnesota? Have you always been friends? All that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, um, I'll st start with myself. I've uh, lived in Minnesota for most of my life. After college, I spent a few years out of Minnesota on both coasts. And then uh, once uh, uh, my wife and I settled down, we, we chose to go back to the Midwest in Minneapolis. And really, um, you know, then we got after we got married, had kids, and we settled it into, you know, Southwest Minneapolis. And and really, that's how our that's how I met Jeff um, because our our kids went to elementary school together, and uh, we shared an interest in in mountain biking, and that really kind of you know spurred the the, the idea. Yeah, uh, so I grew up in Wisconsin, and uh, my mother actually bought a a resort when uh, uh, I was seventeen, so in nineteen eighty seven, um, up in uh, Hayward, Wisconsin, and ran that for a couple of years. So. That was my first exposure into kind of a lodging facility environment. Um, ultimately, after high school, I moved over to Minnesota, uh, attended college here, um, and I did leave Minnesota for a few years as well, head out to the East Coast, and then I came back um, and settled down here, uh, met my wife, and um, you had kids, and similar story to Dan, um, ran into him uh, through our, our kids' uh, uh, knowing each other, um, and myself, I've been into mountain biking for about 25 years. So it's been a pretty big passion of mine for, um, a number of years, uh, going forward. And I, and I think what was really helpful in is our professional backgrounds, because, um, my background is marketing and I've worked in, you know, um, hospitality as clients and such, whereas, you know, Jeff is more in, is into finance and things like that. So we're kind of we even each other out to, to help run a successful business. That's great. So when did this idea for Chew North Base Camp come about? I know it was a September, was it 2014? Yeah, yeah. It was 2014. Yeah, 2000, September 2014. Um, we were, we heard about, um, you know, all that was happening in, in Cuyuna at the time with their mountain bike trails. And uh, Jeff and I uh, 
planned a trip with our sons. We have sons that are um, pretty close to the same age. And, and the four of us went biking up in Kayano. And Jeff had been there before, I believe. I had not. And I was just blown away at how beautiful it was. And and we stayed at the local um, state campground. And it rained. So there's no place to stay. And, you know, that just kind of spurred the idea of, you know, there really needs to be some lodging up here. And then after we did some research on growth plans of the area and things like that, it seemed like a, a feasible idea. So then we uh, literally put together a uh, business plan. And um, and then I think after that, we opened in uh, December of 2015. Okay. Yep. It, it was, uh, yeah, after Dan, I this is really, I give Dan the credit for the concept. Um, and he approached me um, mainly as, as a partner going into this. So Dan brought all the creative ideas and concepts to it. And I was able to take the my finance and banking background to turn this into a, a you know, a plan to, to make it work. Um but once we did identify we wanted to do this, you know, there was a long process of trying to find property and find land, uh, which we we kicked around a lot of different pieces within the town of uh, uh, Cuyuna Crosby and Ironton area and landed on this piece of property. So I think the time from really we said we're interested in doing this until we identified and started the development of the land was about six months or seven months before we actually able to get a shovel into the ground and start digging. And really all the all the credit goes to really the, the Minnesota DNR and the Cuyuna uh, trails, the, the mountain bike trail, uh, the, the crew is what they're called. They're a group of volunteers that really established the trails and they maintain the trails. And, um, you know, we just saw what great potential it has. And I think what we helped pioneer was business growth because the area for, I should say business growth in the hospitality industry because there really was no uh, lodging facilities nearby or connected to the trail system and so you know that's was our goal and, and really what we had to do the challenge was working with city council I mean they were very helpful very friendly but there was just a lot of regulation to go through to get zoning correct um, because Traditionally, it's been a very much of a manufacturing, you know, area, and so they didn't even have, you know, uh, zoning laws in place for this type of facility. So we had to go through. It was a learning process for me, and I think for the city as well, of what needed to happen so that we could construct a resort, you know, where we were. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to Dan's comments. Um, the city was incredibly cooperative and welcoming for this to happen. Um, they really wanted to get um, some sort of private development going on in the city after this big investment into the trail system um, so that they could um, benefit from economic growth uh, in, in the community and the, and the local uh, residents were able to that benefit. So I give you know, a ton of credit um, to the city for being a, a great partner going into this process and um, being open-minded to what we needed to do. And as Dan said, um, there wasn't even a zoning uh, code written for what we were trying to develop. And so um, we partnered with uh, the zoning administrator, the, the mayor, and uh, um, others from the city council to draft it. 
and get it adopted and put into place. So it, it was really not just finding the land and developing it, um, but it was creating the, the means to get the land developed through the, the laws and the zoning code. So it was quite a long drawn out process, but one that needed to get done. And ultimately it benefited the city long-term for continuing to build trail and, and redevelop the town. Mm -hmm. I and can it, only imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. it took a lot of hours and a lot of uh, just patience with everybody to go through this process. And um, uh, it didn't happen overnight, but ultimately Dan and I persevered and stuck it out and um, got to where we're at today. Yeah, and we also had a, 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 a great ally in uh, really the DNR and also the the Cuyuna crew, um, because they, uh, you know, worked hard at, you know, bringing the, the, the trail system vision to life, but also they had the vision of doing an uh, economic feasibility study. So that really helped us justify, you know, to, to our business plan, you know, that there is a, there is a long-term strategic growth, because I think what a lot of communities fail to realize is it's just not as simple as building a trail and they will come. It's building the trail, maintaining it, have a vision for, for expansion so people have a reason to come back again and again. It's, it, you know, it, isn't, it isn't just clearing some brush and, and uh, making a few cool jumps. It really is a huge undertaking. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's worth noting too, there's quite an interesting history for this area and for these towns. So yes. Set that up for us a little bit and tell us about what it used to be and now what's what the transition is that's been happening there. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, if um, anyone not familiar with it, the, the history in mining runs so deep in the, in the area, uh, you know, taconite mining, you know, within this Cuyuna range, um, there's so much pride and, and rightly so pride because really um, Minnesota itself had, a huge impact on supplying iron ore for World War II. Um, you know, it's just like a huge majority of all the iron ore that was used to supply World War II came from Minnesota. And so, you know, with that came a lot of pride and, and, and it was, you know, a very fruitful industry, you know, up until like, I think like the seventies is then it went from, you know, you know, boom town for iron ore and taconite mining, and then it, it really, in the 70s, that really went in reverse, and, and the town went in reverse, uh, and that was unfortunate because, uh, it, you know, it had beautiful Main Street, beautiful buildings, but of course, over time, um, you know, they got dilapidated, and, and you know, they, there was, uh, there are beautiful lakes in the area beyond the ones within the, the air, within the, 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 the town, or within the uh, trail system, um, but nearby Brainerd was really known for lakes and, and outdoor boating and things like that. So it was really tough to, you know, you know, to evolve from mining to a tourist destination when you're competing with Brainerd. So, you know, far away. So definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing that, uh, the, the mining industry brought, not only that kind of that pride of, of, um, what they were able to accomplish, but the, the changes to the landscape that the mining is, industry created is what really created the uh, area today and the outdoor activities. Um, this was open pit mining, meaning they found areas and they just dug deep and deep and deep. And then they piled dirt on top of each other, 
each other time after time to create these large um, mounds or hills uh, around these deep, deep pits. And there's mine pits that are, you know, 500 feet deep up in the city of Crosby uh, area. And um, they can be uh, all filled up over time with this crystal clear water and created this really unique kind of man-made environment that is uh, nature has taken over. And so all the mine pits um, on the edges have uh, uh, vegetation has grown up, all the trees have grown up and you ended up with this very deep mine pits um, structure that has water crystal clear, turquoise color. And sometimes you can be biking around and looking down into these mine pits and it is literally like you're looking at the Caribbean. It's so crystal clear and turquoise colored. So it's, it's a beautiful result of what the mining industry created. So, you know, I give kudos to the mining industry for um, what they created because it took time to, to reestablish itself. Um, but they were responsible ultimately for the beauty that is there today. And so once the mining left, the DNR and others had to make a decision on what to do with the area. And um, so it was really a partnership with the DNR, as Dan commented, um, and some local bike enthusiasts in the state of Minnesota that identified this area to redevelop into a, a, a mountain bike trail system. And um, that's where the vision came from and, and ultimately what they were able to create. So who knew that old mines would be perfect for mountain yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think what what is um, what helps a lot too is the Twin Cities and the whole state really has such a robust cycling community that helps you know keep it you know such a you know flourishing industry. And we have companies like QBP, which is a huge you know bicycle industry uh, uh, company based in Bloomington that really brings in you know cyclists to the area. So there's really a lot of the, 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 the ingredients for the perfect recipe of, of a, a biking destination really um, is, is in this state, which helps a lot. And we actually have a ton of people, I would say probably our, our second, we get almost, I think we're pretty neck and neck with Wisconsin and Iowa, our visitors we get. So we get a lot of people from Iowa and Wisconsin as well and North Dakota. So it's great to, you know, that we draw people from all over, all over the US and Canada as well. Absolutely. And you even, so when you built this, you modeled the cabins after mining buildings. Yeah. That yeah. Cool. Yeah. We really wanted to, you know, it was just what inspired us is we, there was a, there was this, it's called the, it's in this, the Cuyuna, there's a, 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 a museum in town and it's just fascinating all the mining history and all of the, 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 uh, cool photos and memorabilia and it's just you just know that this is what this town is all about so we wanted to pay as much homage as we could to that rich history and you know in in really the look and design of of the uh, of the cabins and you know we we call it uh um the design is like we call it northwoods industrial so <laughs> bringing that look and feel together so yeah we've gotten a really you know positive response on that and keeping that um, in July. So when somebody comes to stay at True North Base Camp, what can they expect? Paint a picture for our listeners. Um, you know, what we try to do is 
make keep it as simple as possible, but have all of the amenities you want. Meaning, so it's like, you know, cleanliness is huge just because both Jeff and I have traveled across the country with our families at campgrounds and state parks, national parks, and going to the restrooms at these facilities are never a positive experience, you know, for 99% of the time. So that's really what we want to do. It, it, it sounds silly, but we want to ensure that, you know, the, the, the bathroom and shower facilities are top notch, clean and, and, you know, functional at all times. So we probably spend way too much time making sure that that's, you know, running smoothly. Um, and then the, the design in the cabins is really minimalist. Um, but we have, you know, you know, beds, a table, we have Wi-Fi, and we love art. So we've worked with some local brands um, to really, um, you know, dress out the cabins or put the interior design and, and having Minnesota brands come to life with the interior and having artists design the interiors of these cabins. So it's really, you know, homage to the art, bike, of the Minnesota of Minnesota, as well as the mining history, and and having all those amenities, you know, and air conditioning and heating, and our showers have heated floors for winter biking. So we really thought about, we really thought through, kind of you know the day in the life of of a visitor, and think of the the bare minimum amenities you would need for comfort, you know, and and nothing really frivolous or over the top. The other thing we did too, we. We purposely didn't have any types of kitchens or, or um, you know, other than the only cooking we have is either the fire pit with a cooking crate up front. But we really want, we really encourage our guests to visit the local restaurants in town because there's such great opportunities. You know, such there's such a great um, uh, variety of restaurants and, and there's a brewery in town. And and so it's, it's really fun. And really what it does too, if you, encourage people to visit Main Street. It really um, makes a, a longer lasting impression on their visit, you know, that they get to experience the more, the more senses they get to experience, the better their experience will be. And, and, and guests really love that. So. Yeah. And I, you know, the, the experience that we try to create is um, one where people can spend as much time outdoors as they want and have a, an escape into a, a, uh, a shelter as, as, you know, a nice shelter, but it's an escape to get out of the bugs and out of the weather um, if that arises. But we try to make it where people want to be outdoors. We're right on the mine pit, so we encourage the use of the water, um, whether it's fishing or paddle boarding or kayaking or simply swimming in the mine pit. Um, we get tons of our guests who are experiencing that. Um, plus, on top of that, the mountain biking is a, a really big experience. But what's unique, I think, about our place at True North Base Camp is you drive through town and quickly, once you enter into our property, you turn the corner on our road and you come what we call behind the big um, mound of tailings that was dug out to, to create our mine pit. And all of a sudden, you are in this complete quiet seclusion yet you're less than a quarter of a mile from downtown main street and you don't even really realize it because you are surrounded by a mine pit and this huge wooded um, tailings pile that was created so it gives you a seclusion to have all those outdoor experiences but you can quickly get to downtown crosby main street to visit everything that you want on your bike 
through a very quiet part of town. You're not on a major highway. And plenty of our guests do just that. They will spend their day enjoying the outdoor activities at True North Base Camp. They'll hop on their bikes. They'll use their feet, walk into town, go to the brewery, grab some pizza, um, experience downtown, and then they'll come back. They'll start a bonfire on the outside, spend some time outdoors. Um, and then oftentimes go for a dip in the mine pit at nine o'clock at night and head back and finish up their day. So we're trying to push people outdoors as much as possible. Um, and that's kind of what the experience we, uh, we put into place. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then basically right outside your back door is all of these access, at least to all of these trails, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we've got, uh, quick access to the to not only the uh, mountain bike trail but also the paved path trail the asphalt trail um so we have uh, opportunities for not only uh, those that are really hardcore mountain bikers um, as well as those that are more interested in just riding the paved path um you know from crosby all the way up to deerwood and um other parts of the uh, of the area so you do have great access to all the amenities that the town offers. And um, uh, it's very, it's a very nice feature for us to have. Yeah. And what's cool is, and we're only both two hours from Minneapolis, St. Paul area, and about two hours from Duluth. So, you know, it really is a simple getaway that, you know, that, that you're not having to spend a lot of time in the car, you know, and you're then get out on the trails and, and really optimize the amount of time outdoors. It's great. And there really is no off season, right? I mean, there's stuff to do year round. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's very much so. Um, the probably the oddest, you know, the shoulder season, what are called, is really November, where it's kind of in between because of the hunting season, and then um, and then in in spring, just because the thaw, you know, the thaw kind of mush, mushes everything up. Um, so that kind of uh, limits what you can do but still I mean hiking and walking and that's always an option um, and what's very interesting about the the uh, makeup of the of the soil in uh, Cuyuna is that because it's taconite the trails dry re really quickly meaning in general after a rain I can go out riding in two hours within two hours where it, in other areas like the Minneapolis metro area, probably even in, in Iowa or, or in Wisconsin as well, you have to wait days for the trails to dry out. So it's it's really nice that you can, you know, rain doesn't put an end to your to your fun because you know you just have to wait it out for a little bit and you can go up, go out and riding. So that's really that's beneficial in the area as well. Yeah, and the uh, the the winter season, which um, which uh, fat biking has become very popular. Uh, they do groom the mountain bike trails um, uh, all winter long when there's you know sufficient snow to do so. So we do get plenty of guests um, that are enjoying the area during the middle of December, January, February timeframe and uh, riding the, the groomed fat bike trails. Um, and then like you said, come back and they've got the comfort of a, a heated cabin plus the shower house with heated floors. Um, so there is opportunity to, to enjoy the area um, in the wintertime. And, you know, the shoulder seasons, as Dan mentioned, um, as long as the ground is frozen or dry, you can mountain bike. 
or a fat bike on the trails. It's that period when it's soft and uh, mushy where you cannot um, ride. So the off season is very short um, for this area compared to other parts of the upper Midwest. That's fantastic. So you mentioned some of the zoning challenges that you had when you first started this. And I think that can be a common problem in small towns because there are no codes like that for some of these unique ideas that are coming in. So what advice would you have for someone who is in a similar situation? Did you learn things that other people may benefit from knowing? Well, my point of view is I think leverage examples from other like communities as much as possible. Um, because I think, you know, you know, what we're doing, you know, has been done out West, you know, for quite a while. And, and I know when, when, um, you know, we, uh, you know, gave examples of, you know, some of the, you know, things that are happening out in the, the West and things like that. So leverage other small communities as a case study, if you're in a, in a situation where you're trying to, you know, make a change, you know, that's definitely you know, a, a great resource is, you know, using other case studies as an example. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say, I, so I, I have a little bit of a background to, to, to have known enough to be dangerous to help try to um, push some of this stuff through with my uh, professional background that, that I'm involved with. Um, but the piece of advice I would give is you need to um, immediately get with the city officials to talk through what you're trying to do. And the one thing Dan and I made a very strong point of, of going into this project is we weren't going to create and develop something and then quote unquote spring it on the city and say, here we go. Um, we had an, a vision. We immediately tried to start meeting with city officials, the mayor, other people within the community to try to start talking through, here's what we want. What do you foresee us needing to do to get to this point and really turn it into a partnership and a collaboration to get there? Um, we work closely, like I said, with the mayor and the city council, um, but we worked with the, uh, the city engineer. Uh, we worked with the zoning administrator to deal with this, um, and we worked with the city attorney to help develop it. It was a collaboration amongst all of us, and um, nobody walked in there with a chip on their shoulder of, I know how to do it best. It was a shared vision that we had, which was let's get these people into business and operating and let's do it the right way. So my advice is get with the city people right away and share the vision, even if it's just in your head and, uh, and not quite on paper. Um, the sooner they know what you're trying to accomplish, they can start formulating what needs to do to get uh, what you need to do to get there. Um, and uh, then secondly, you know, we did personally hire a private attorney to help us also navigate some other questions that I was not able to answer. Or Dan wasn't able to answer. And um, they were a great partnership as well. Um, the, the law firm that we um, hired. What would you say to somebody who has an idea, a dream that they want to bring to life like you guys did? Any words of wisdom? I would say definitely have a solid business plan and and understand, you know, that that it's more than just 
making a website and having an idea and you really have to be thorough on thinking every potential scenario through and be ready to defend that as well. You know, it, it's, it's not fun creating all those details, but it, it's, it will save you a lot of uh, headache in the end. If you, if you do that due, due diligence up front. Yeah. I, you know, I think uh, understanding um, going into it, knowing that you, you probably don't have the answers for, I don't know, 60, 70% of what you, you think you have the answers for, um, there are surprises along the way and, and you have to be flexible. Um, you have to be resilient to kind of push through it all and understand that it's, it, there's ups and downs in developing and creating a business. Um, you know, as successful as it could be or will be, um, there are down times during the process of trying to develop a, a business and get it up and running. And, you know, there's been times where both Dan and I had to um, pack up and run up there to take care of something because that's what you have to do as a business owner. This isn't something that you can just deal with and hope somebody else will fix it or deal with the situation, whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, really persistency, flexibility is important. And I always use the example, so we do have these, the, I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. These, we have these vault toilets or pit toilets, outhouses, however you want to phrase them, in the campground portion of our property. Um, and then that pit toilet had to be approved by four government agencies. Uh -huh. And it was not um, that any one agency was more difficult than the other, but you would I would have walked into this going, okay, we've got the pit toilet. It's designed. This is a very simple building with a concrete um, uh, container in the ground, but it ended up having to be approved by four separate government agencies in the state of Minnesota. And um, you had to wait for each one to sign off on it. So those are the kinds of roadblocks you run into that you can either throw your hands up or you're just going to have to push through it. So um, it's just surprises along the way. And, and um, you just have to deal with them one at a time and, and get them accomplished. What's been the most rewarding part of this business so far? I, you know, <laughs> I love just seeing like the fact that these families are having, the families that visit just have a, a blast. They're just so surprised. I like people that visit for the first time and they're so surprised on how amazing this part of the state is and how simple fun just really just sucks kids in forever. Like they could sit by the, the edge of the lake and look for rocks all day long. I'm speaking for my kids and just, you know, going out on the trails and, and all day and just being exhausted, just having the, my favorite thing is just really seeing people experience Cuyuna for the first time um, because it is, it's just fascinating. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, the, the customer um, experience is uh, truly rewarding to see families up there um, just enjoying themselves and spending time as families or friends that go up there as groups that want to go and just um, get away from whatever they're doing every day during the week and want to get up there for a quiet weekend with some friends and more family. That That's really um, a big part of uh, what I've been excited to watch. But for me, the other thing that's been really exciting to watch is the redevelopment of Crosby. And 
when Dan and I um, started, we, and I, someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm fairly confident we were really the first outside private investment um, post trail build that happened in the town. And when we started, um, Main Street was um, in a revitalization that hadn't started yet. Um, and today, you know, we've been witness to a, a kind of a coffee sandwich bike shop that got redeveloped, which has been a, a great uh, addition to the town. Um, the brewery opened up, a really nice higher end, a restaurant opened up, um, a pizza uh, restaurant, really nice that opened up, um, a high end kind of a, a gift shop opened up with really great ice cream and a very high end cocktail only um, bar opened up where you can only get cocktails and it's really nice cocktails. So watch that redevelopment happen over time um, has been something fun to watch that um, people have been able to, to reinvest back into the town and, and benefit um, everybody around there. So um, our guests are always the most important for True North Base Camp, always will be. Um, that'll always be our focus and our priority, um, but certainly really close in second running is, is the town. I mean, just yeah. benefits the town has been able to get out of this. And knowing that Dan and I had some small hand in this process of, of uh, redevelopment to the town is pretty cool. Yeah, I would second that totally. And that, I mean, what Jeff talks about all that growth, that's only since 2015 too. And you know, that's what's you know, incredible to me is like, it's, and it's smart growth. It's not, you know, it's, you know, entrepreneurs, small business people coming up with their own ideas, bringing it to life. And, and, and so that's, what's really cool. The, the creativeness that main street is in Crosby, it's, you know, it's not like, you know, a lot of other towns where there's, a, you know, a lot of chains and things like that. It's been really just unique brands, unique experiences that you're not going to find in a lot of towns. It's really cool. I love that. Well, yeah. what excites you most about the future of the town of Crosby and this whole area? Like, it ha is this just the beginning of what's possible there? I, I really, I really think so. Um, I think it's, it's bigger than just Crosby. I think there's a, a, a shift in human behavior that people want to be outdoors and be fit, be outside athletic versus just the, I mean, Minnesota is known for its lakes and, 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 thing, and things like that. And that's awesome. And um, water skiing and paddle boarding, I mean, and water skiing and, and jet skis are awesome, but people like variety as well. So I think that will continually grow. And, and, and so I think just the outdoor, enjoying the outdoors and, and making life simpler is, is becoming more of a movement. And I think that's why there's so much, that's why I think that this is going to be a, a sustainable area in the state. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the long-term growth, in my opinion of, you know, the area is, is what's happening today, which is, not 100% focusing in on mountain biking and um, being tied to one industry. So there's clearly a, a strong desire for people 
that want to come up and maybe mountain bike as a second or third option or a third activity, but maybe they want to come up and paddleboard. Um, they want to go kayaking and portage from one mine pit to the next mine pit to the next mine pit, which you can do within feet of each other. Um, uh, fishing out of uh, fishing kayaks have become very popular. Scuba diving is still a very popular activity up in that area because of the deep mine pits that exist. Um, so those types of diversification, diversifying um, industries uh, or activities is what's really going to drive the area. And I think there's so much to do up there that the town will continue to grow and then spill over into the other adjoining towns are going to redevelop. And there was just a brand new bike shop that opened up in the town next to us, um, Ironton. And so um, Ironton is now starting to enjoy a new businesses that are, are starting up. And, and I think that will continue from town to town and everyone will be able to benefit um, in all of these small towns. I, I'm very optimistic on the future. I'm very excited about watching things continue to grow and develop and um, how Dan and I can continue to reposition through North Base Camp um, to be, you know, the, the go-to place for those that want to experience it. And um, Dan and I are continuing to look at different ways to enhance the property, enhance different experiences for our guests. Um, we're, we're, we're looking at uh, um, some new expansion that's going on that we're in the early stages on. So we're continuing to reinvest into the business, which means we're continuing to reinvest in the town. Yeah. And that's what's exciting for me. And what I like about it too is it's 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 an experience that pretty much it, everyone can afford, you know, because we you know you can if you if you don't want to stay in a cabin, we have camp, camping and campsites, and you can camp, and and it's really something that everyone can enjoy, you know, regardless of you know your income, and and so we we really you know and just giving bringing that happiness to people is is really enjoyable. Yeah, we, we've got a wide range. So as Dan pointed out, we've got campsites um, that are extremely affordable. You can plop a tent down, um, have access to our amenities. We also have these cabin tents, which um, is the next step up where you want to camp, but you don't want to bring all of your equipment with you. So it's really you pull up, your tent is up, your cots are in there, your tables. Um, you're really just able to, to experience more of a camping option that's more affordable than a cabin, a little more expensive than a campsite. And then you can move up to the cabins that, you know, you have full uh, electricity and uh, HVAC air conditioning, et cetera. So we want to provide um, opportunities for people of all income ranges, of all desires that want to come up and experience the area and try to remove as many of those barriers as, as you can by um, having different options for people um, to come up, whether you're a college student who just wants to take some time off this summer, um, or your family of four or five that want to come up and, and enjoy it. And that, that's what we're after. I think that's great. Well, how do we follow along and where can we go to make reservations? Um, it's as easy as going to truenorthbasecamp.com. Um, whether it's on your computer or your mobile device, uh, you can make, uh, uh, reservations easily there and we're happy to answer any questions um, via text via email via call whatever you choose um, so we like to make it as as simple as possible um, we have uh, 
contactless um, reservations where you can go right to your cabin, your access codes are emailed to you, you know, previous to your check-in. So it's really a, a simplified process where um, it, 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 it is. We, we really thought through the whole customer experience. Just, you know, if you want to, if, if you want us to interact with you and help you out, we'll happily do that. But other than that, you know, it's, you know, it's really, you know, self, self-guided and people really love that because we're here to help if you need it. But for the most part, our property is so easy to navigate and understand our reservation systems, easy to navigate and understand it. It's really, uh, it's really set up simply for, for that reason. Perfect. And you're also on Instagram and Facebook too, right? Yes. Instagram, Facebook, uh, and, uh, uh Twitter as well. Uh, but definitely, um, we spend a lot of time in our social channels as well. So, Perfect. All right. Well, we will link to that in the show notes. Thank Dan, you. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I oh, love what you're doing. Can't wait to come visit sometime. Yeah, anytime. Let us know. We'd love I will. That. I will. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Well, I love how Dan and Jeff have made the town of Crosby a part of their awesome experience at True North Base Camp and how they see the town's success as part of their success as well. I also love how Dan and Jeff have created something that's a little bit outside the traditional Minnesota Lakes experience and how they're drawing in even more people because of it. I trust you're super inspired from today's episode and probably have a handful of people you know who would love to hear it. So go ahead and text them the link and leave us a kind review while you're at it so we can keep spreading the rural revival message far and wide. And stay tuned with us on Instagram and Facebook at Rural Revival Co. to stay updated on this podcast and all things rural revival related. We'll catch you next time on the Rural Revival Podcast. Have a great day, everybody.